This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. I'm Gerald Farrelly and I'm the host of Fascinated. Have you ever wondered about the pop bands you liked as a teenager? What went on behind the scenes? We had played this like grand prank. It sounds terrible, but I'm just so relieved it's over. And then they had this like great idea of getting another girl in who looked like Heavenly. What did they do afterwards? And all of a sudden you're like, that's the end of that. It was all blowing up and it all kind of just unraveled. And I thought it would last forever and it didn't. Check out Fascinated with me, Gerald Farrelly on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Film Network Ireland's Rap Chat with me, Remy Michelle Clark. FNI Rap Chat is sponsored by Wildcard Distribution, Film Equipment Store and Octavid.com. Today we're talking to a wonderful Irish actress, Eva Berthessel, who is also a writer and director and whose short, Kathleen Was Here, has just shown at the Dublin International Film Festival and won a host of awards. So we're delighted to have her on. Please enjoy. And if you're interested in listening to more of what we do, please visit wearefni.com. And you can also maybe buy us a coffee if you like what we do and want to support us. So thanks. It's lovely to have you on here and I want to say congratulations because your short Kathleen Was Here has done really well at the diff with, you know, the special mention and then your lead actress and cinematographer both getting awards too. Costume designer, yeah. Costume designer as well, fantastic. Yeah, Yeah. so yeah, it was um, just a lovely, lovely surprise. Um, It's because it's such a weird time, isn't it? Like it's been so um, stagnant, I suppose, um, this last year work-wise for for most people having something like this happen is just um it just sort of gives it a much needed energy and kind of breeds life back into to what you're doing you know creatively speaking and just sort of energetically speaking so it was just a lovely boost for everybody involved you know it was really really meant a lot Absolutely. And also, you know, because it's your first piece, it must be a huge boost in that way. You know, moving from acting into writing and directing and it's really powerfully engaging. I felt watching it really gorgeous. Um, I can see why the cinematographer and the actress both got nods as well as the um, the costume designer. But it it's really interesting because to me, it felt like a complete work in itself. But it also felt like a taste of something more that it was something that I really wanted to explore beyond, you know, that final scene. So I'd love to know, you know, a bit about the inspiration behind it and, you know, the process of getting it. Yeah, the process from page to festival to festival well, thank you for, for saying that that's really lovely and, and it's funny that you pick up on that because it, there is a bigger story um, that we're, we're in the throes of developing um, actually the feature script came before the short um, so I've been working on the, on the feature which is called Kathleen um, for the last sort of four years um, and um, the reason why it sort of came that way around is that I had sort of just I had started writing it um 
and uh, and I'd written a couple of other shorts to sort of get into directing. I thought that'd be my my way in to just make a couple of very very low budget shorts. Um, and I made one other the first one on a total shoestring in my flat about uh, about six years ago. I think it was. It must be seven years ago actually because I was pregnant with with my first child. Um, and that was just sort of you know just for the first kind of experience of being on a on a set in that role. Um, and I had a couple of friends. Um, uh, actor friends Pauline Hutton and Fiona Glasscott did it for me and sort of pulled in favours from people and that, that was the first sort of um, taste of it but I, I, I came up with this idea for this um, um, young woman who was sort of trying to fit back into society um, and the story grew from there and sort of developed into somebody actually coming out of foster care um, and then ended up getting um, it went into development with Screen Ireland um, and um uh, they gave me a writer's grant and then a development grant. And then we sort of came to the production round of it last year, the year before last. And they said, really, you know, you need to cut your teeth on, on a short, like a proper, you know, finished product. Um, and I thought it would be, it made sense to keep it sort of in, in, the, in the world of Kathleen, um, a standalone short, but they're still tonally the same as the feature, um, just to really help get the feature off the ground. And, it's, and I, I kind of thought it'd be a proof of concept type of thing. Um, but they urged me to have a standalone short, which I'm really glad I did because it just meant into festivals and no prior knowledge of the features needed that it works as a, as a 10 minute standalone. So that's sort of how it all started then and, and then because I suppose I'd done all the work on the feature film um writing the short happened very very quickly because the, the character was already born it was developed and I knew um I thought well I, I wasn't sure what angle to take it from and it was from meeting um a group of young adults in Derry that my father was working with actually by sheer coincidence who were aging out of care and at, at that very precarious stage of their, their lives turned 18 and they're you know, having to leave care and go out into the world and 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 uh, find a way of 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 surviving, really, um, of of sort of fitting into to society and being an adult after having gone through very difficult um, pasts and experiences. Um, and so, from meeting them, it became very clear. Well, that's actually the the, the period that I should focus on because it sort of it felt like a sort of a, a slightly overlooked. Um, time for for these young adults as well. Something that, that I wasn't really, I hadn't spent much time thinking about, you know, what, what actually does happen when you leave the system and, you know, what's expected of you and, and how do you cope? So it felt right that we should um, concentrate on that. And, and so the short is really like a sort of um, prologue to the feature, really. Mm. Yeah, I felt that watching it and it made me really excited for the rest to see what happens, how does she transition and what sort of life does she lead? And another thing I noticed about it was there's this sort of seamless blending or merging of timelines. I really like that, you know, where you're in the present, suddenly you move into the past. And what was the inspiration behind that or even the technical side of that? And is that something that's a feature of your longer piece? Um, I think it's a good when I, I realized um when making a short film, I mean the <clears throat> the challenge is just to get um a complete full story in a short amount of time. And that it is a challenge, you know, to to have something that feels like it's a it's a fully formed story. Um and I and I knew that sort of getting it between 10 and 15 minutes was was quite key for festivals. So using the flashback technique and having different time frames is just it's I don't think I was I did this sort of very um, consciously when I was writing it, but I, I think probably when 
sort of in the, the final stages of it realize actually it's a good device to make a story work in a short period of time so it works in sort of three different time frames um, and it's just it, it really aids in 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 getting a backstory quickly um and in sort of developing characters in a really quick succinct way um so it's a really useful tool for 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 that purpose um but it just also gave um it gave in 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 a, again in a sort of a, an easier way just this life to Kathleen a backstory to her a little taste of what she's been through um, to bring us back into to present day and it was and actually the the the, the script didn't change at all but the order of events changed a lot in the edit so the script that I wrote was much more um, fragmented it was it was much it was chopped up much more so you're constantly wondering where you're at in the story and and you pieced it together and then the end it sort of revealed itself oh this is where she's come from and this is where she's at um, but we've decided in the edit that what worked for such a short film was actually if you get straight into the narrative and doing that by linear storytelling, albeit there being flashback, but if you just focused on Kathleen's um, trajectory, I suppose, um, in, in a clearer way and made it less sort of um, ambiguous, you connected with the story um, in, in, in a much deeper way. So there was kind of a, there was a, a sort of a, ethereal kind of dreamy beauty to be had in, in this sort of more fragmented way but I think for, for the purpose of storytelling and getting an audience c to connect in such a, a short space of time it, it really worked um, us just um, making her storyline um, clearer um, and then you know all credit to Bershi my DOP for his seamless transitions from present day to flashback be it um um, flashback as a child or flashback when she was um, a, a younger teenager he um, he really just elevated my ideas you know he sort of very quickly understood um, the feeling of the piece and what I wanted to portray and you know we spoke a lot about um, because we sort of you know talked about the feature as well together we spent a long time talking about different camera styles and and and, and the feeling out the energy that I want to get from it, a lot of being hand, well, all of it being handheld um, and how that brings us into Kathleen's world in a, in a much more sort of um, visceral way and then he just had these beautiful ideas of how we like really seamlessly go from her standing in a sitting room to turning around and suddenly she's a six-year-old girl like he just had these he these um um just these wonderful um sort of vis visuals um to, uh, that he came up with and, and and the two just sort of merged beautifully. It, it, it was, he, he's really terrific. He brings so much to the table, Bursh. He doesn't sort of just do as you ask uh, him to do or sort of listen and, and, and kind of, you know, hope that it all goes sort of as everybody wants it to. He really brings mm. a huge amount to, um, to it. So, so, so much of that is, is, is him. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Um, and, you know, coming into your other work and what you're well known for, you know, for 25 years as an actress, I came to know of your work actually when I was in drama school in the Gaiety School of Acting back in 2004. And I think you're a, an alumni of there as well. Yeah, I am alumna. indeed. Yeah, yeah. Um, when were you there? What year were you there? 2004 to 2006. 2004. Okay. 
And I remember at that time that you were used as sort of the uh, benchmark of what a good what a good Irish actor can be. At that time, you were appearing in Ken Loach's iPhone Kiss, and it was a oh yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. So they were really very flattered. Yeah, <laughs> you were you kind of held up, and uh, this is what you could do if you just you know do the exercises and do the breathing. <laughs> I wasn't even one of those students. I mean, I, I was, uh, you know, hung over for a lot of it. And, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, a bit. But I had a great time. God, I had an absolute ball at that, at that school. But it was, it was um, yeah, so that's how I came to know you. And obviously I've followed your work over the years. Um, but I'm interested to know what inspired this shift from acting into writing and directing for you. Was it a conscious choice or was it something you kind of always saw yourself going to eventually move into or did it just happen? No, I, I think I, I knew for um, for years that I wanted to direct uh, and I just thought that is something that I will end up doing. Um, uh, I, I love film and I, I watch a huge amount of it. Um, and I, so I sort of for, you know, for for years I've been sort of you know just admiring different directors works and sort of um, being very sort of um, it just interested in, in how they go about producing such work so I would sort of read a lot um, um, as well on, on that um, but the writing I didn't plan on doing and that, that was sort of accidental I, I did I started writing the shorts just to um, try and get it made just so I could direct one um, and I just thought well if I just if, if I'm able to write something that's halfway decent and I, and I and you know I felt reasonably confident in, in doing that not that I thought oh I, you know writing is easy and I'll be able to do it no problem but you read such a huge volume of scripts as an actor that that dialogue you know I, I felt comfortable with the notion of being able to put some dialogue down on the page if I and if I had a you know a kind of a, a clever enough idea for a short film so I, and I came up with, with a few little nice ideas I thought well I think I I should be able to write that but really it's for me to, to direct and I didn't it, I, it never dawned me that I would actually um really love love the process of that and and when I came up with the idea for the feature film um and it was all sort of, you know, quite timely with having my first child as well, not doing much acting work. And I just thought, well, maybe I could actually really try to sort of um, hone that craft, I suppose, and and, and see if see if I'm any good. Uh, but I but I loved it. I, I really loved the. Um, I, I struggled sort of with the, with the discipline of writing initially, and, and still do. Um, sort of having to, you know, when you're hours can sometimes be quite sort of limited and having to sort of sit down and, and make sure you can make be as productive as possible in a short amount of time can be I find can, can be difficult um but in saying that I've sort of got used to um having to do that kind of you know those hours and and the, and writing can be a bit sort of fragmented in that way for me so I've actually sort of got used to that so I sort of got better at being able to just go right okay grab these two hours sit down and and, and work on these couple of scenes that need work um so i've improved for sure but i've also just i just love it i just realized that actually it's something that i want to do more and more of um and um so now i suppose i i guess it's about them going hand in hand really um having written the feature and written the short and directed the short and hopefully directing the feature um at the end of the year, the beginning of next year, then you know, I, I like the idea of being down that vein and sort of directing directing my own work would be the would be the the grand plan. Lovely, um, and it's it's funny because 
actors turning auteurs has always been a thing. You know, over the years, you'd you'd see that that seems to be kind of a natural career progression. But at the moment, it seems to me that there are quite a few female actors who have turned into directing, turned to directing and acting and gained great success. You know, along with yourself, there's Emerald Fennell with the promising young woman, Rada Blank, the 40 year old version. So what do you think it is about this moment in time that might be encouraging more women to turn to getting behind the camera, writing and helming a story? Um, And what is it, do you think, that uh, female actors have maybe that's a little bit special that just gives them that edge? Well, I, I, I think it's, it's opportunity now. We have the opportunities, which we just didn't have before. I think we're at such a, <clears throat> in a great time of change on so many levels. Um, but um, we've got a voice now that's been listened to um, and taken more seriously, um, finally. Um, and, and we're creating change. And so the opportunities just weren't there before. Um, and, and that was one of... You know, one of the things that sort of really um, encouraged me to pursue directing, because when I thought about the last 25 years as as an actor, and I I realised I'd worked with literally about five women directors in 25 years, you know, and that's pretty shocking. Yeah, there's a huge disparity. And that's not because, yeah, a huge disparity. And I think that's not, it is not because those um, women aren't out there wanting to direct. They are there. They just haven't been given the opportunities. Um, and the same with um, women writers. And I think, especially, when, I think when it when it's um, uh, women writers, when they're not being given the opportunities, and those stories aren't being told, and they're not attracting the the, the rest of the, the 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 team of people that need to need to go through and need to go along with that. So um, those stories are now being written and they're now being told. And um, and I think there therefore you have a wonderful women directors who are at the helm of that and producers and um, so like Emma Fennell brilliant example her first you know he's, she's been writing for a while obviously but her first feature film and she you know blows it out of the water I mean, it's just in- incredible and Rose Glass is another um, young um, um, director who I, I, she did St Maud which I watched a couple of weeks ago and again blown away by the the, the sheer talent and, and, and you know, again strong female roles at, at the centre of that which is it's just so exciting because I think that there's more women that watch film than there are men anyway mm. um, and so to be you know to have more material out there that women are going to respond to in a really positive way is, is incredibly exciting, you know. And I, and I think hopefully then that, that just means it gathers mo- more momentum and it just starts, you know, if those doors are opening now and those opportunities are there, then the, the scripts will keep on coming in and, and, and um, people like me will start, you know, our projects will, will, will get funded and we'll start, you know, doing, doing more and more work. So it just has to continue, I think. I think yeah. people have to... Um, you know, not, not sort of let the the cogs slow down or the wheels. Absolutely. But I don't think they will because it, it's, you know, there seems to be a really appetite in the audience for watching those films. So they are, they are hitting the mark. And then the more people want to watch it, the more they're going to get funded. And that was always the key issue, the funding, you know, securing the funding as a female director or writer. And now it's, you know, obvious that that's what people want. Yeah, yeah. And which is, you know, then the terribly sort of upsetting and frustrating thing that goes with that is that really it was just people not willing to take a risk 
on women, you know, yeah. which is like, what, what do they think is going to happen? You know, we're going to get our period and not turn up and set. You know, it's just like, it's fucking ridiculous. It's, we produce great work. Um, and now they're sort of going, oh yeah, you can do it. And just like, oh Christ, well okay, finally. But, yeah, you can, but uh, yeah, maybe, maybe only a few of you can. So as long as, you know, there's, you know, they're being encouraged by what, what we're producing, which how, how can you not be? Because the work that's, that is coming out um, is, is incredible and so mm. impressive. So I think you're right. I think it should there's no reason for it to, to to slow down um uh it'll just i think just gather um more momentum and more power to it so yeah it's great yeah it is and do you see yourself uh with future projects obviously you have kathleen um as the longer feature in the pipeline but do you see yourself centering women's stories uh going forward with your future product projects as well as kathleen it's a good question, you know, because I think, you know, instinctively, I would say I, I'm a woman and I, so I'll probably just, you know, concentrate on, on, on writing, um, naturally concentrate on writing um, um, female roles, um, which I think is, is, you know, certainly the case for to a degree. Um, but the other projects that I'm sort of developing, they yes, they do still have women at the centre of them for sure, but there's also you know, male roles. And I, do, and I sort of feel like after, because um, I remember sort of you know, directors in the past or writers in the past, rather, male writers in the past, and you know, I just don't, you know, sometimes I'm not sure how to, um, if I can write a woman honestly being a man. And I, and I, and I don't think that's the case. There's, also, there's wonderful male writers out there that write women brilliantly. Um, and I think, you know, writing the male parts in Kathleen, the feature film, there's a really strong male, two, two male, um, a strong uh, characters in there that I, I I didn't struggle with. Oh, how do I get into a man's head? How do I do that? So it's not, I'm not certainly not put off by it, and or to, to think it's something I can't do. But I think you know I'm probably naturally drawn to the idea of telling um, stories where women are at the centre. Probably because for a few reasons I'm, I was fed up of not reading those parts when I was mm. growing up as an actress um, and getting frustrated with the, the lack of of strong women at the at the center of a story um so i think you know it would be odd for me not to make sure that i continue focusing on characters mm. that are that are i mean who i mean why would you put an uninteresting <laughs> female characters you know in, in a story anyway you know they're, 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 they'll be there for for good reason so i think it's it's, it's but it's something that i will consciously be be addressing naturally mm. and just speaking about, you know, getting into a man's head, do you think now that the conversation around gender is opening up and uh, expanding, that maybe those differences that seemed so opposed for so many years and decades of, that are now sort of shifting into a different, more blended direction, do you think that maybe those ideas of, oh, I'm a man, I can't write a woman or vice versa, I've kind of gone out the window, that there's really not a huge amount of difference between the genders at all yeah I think so I'd like to think so because I'd like to think we're progressive and things will change and we're not going to sort of you know repeat ourselves in in, in that way um, and I think you know we are there's a, such a, a greater awareness now of you know what's um, the the that, that, like you say, that we're, we're not as different or, you know, or any sort of gender fluidity conversations now. That, that, the fact that they are conversations, that it's, it's, it's something that's sort of um, part of everyday conversation now as opposed to, it doesn't feel particularly uh, 
new now and I mean that in a really good way yeah um but I'm also but but I am also interested in um it's one of the sort of thing um ideas I'm sort of working on for um a script is it is something that's set sort of back in the 80s in Ireland and um and and so you know everything that goes along with 80s Catholic Ireland and you know um sex and pregnancies and the church and families and you know but I think what's we've seen a lot of those stories but what I was really interested in, in recently the conversation that I had with a producer following watching St Maud and um his house and using genre in film to address um those sort of social issues and I think that's where it can be really interesting to play with taking something else as you know a social issue but putting putting um, it into a genre film mm. and looking at um, those subject matters in, 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 a, in a different way um, which I, I'm quite excited about that um, uh, films like Us and Get Out do mm. so so brilliantly yeah and I think I think that's a really interesting thing to, to look at how we how we play with those subject matters and bring it to a wider audience still still tackling those big big um, subjects but just um using a different genre to highlight aspects of it. You know, that that, that interests me. Mm. Speaking of genre, uh, genre, I've recently been watching you in one of my favourite Netflixes at the moment, uh, Faith the Wink Saga. I know it's for teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the only one that's not a teenager watching it, I hear. So <laughs> Don't be too embarrassed. <laughs> Um, so you're in a quite a few pieces out at the moment on Netflix um, and you, you know you've been working consistently for a long time in an industry that's fraught with difficulty and up and down and uh, very very unpredictable so what do you think has contributed to your lasting success as an actress over the years? Well, hopefully that I'm good <laughs> I don't know it's, uh, I, uh, <laughs> my talent <laughs> My brilliance, my... I, I, listen, I... Yeah, yeah. Do I really have to explain this? Um, no, I, I... I... Jesus, I don't know. I mean... Or even your passion. Even your passion, you know, why... How are you still interested in being an actor? Because for so many people, you just get absolutely sick of the world and, you know, yeah, the uncertainty. I think I'm... I'm I um less interested in it as I was before and, be, and I think because it's writing and directing that are overshadowing that now um I still want to do it but I don't want to do it as, as much and and um and, and with that actually comes a great sort of relief as well um there's kind of an awful lot of pressure on you as an actor you know um trying to get work and then you know having to to look a certain way maybe you know and, and all the insecurities like that go with that when I sort of didn't act for a while it was just like oh it's really nice to eat what I want and not give a shit if I've got spots on my chin or if I'm starting to look old or you know it's just that there was a real kind of like oh it's really lovely not to actually be doing that for a while and like I say I mean I, I will always I'll carry on doing it but it's it's not as it's not at the center of my life now and and, and that's for you know numerous reasons I've been doing it a very long time so you know I think I felt like it was definitely time to do something else. Um, I, I, I'm so excited about directing. I definitely want to focus more on that. Having a family changed all that as well. You know, I have two kids. So I was making over the last, you know, sort of 
seven years really I've been making having to make very different um decisions about what acting jobs I do because they nearly always take you away from home and you know trying to navigate that with with kids um I think I, I got I mean there's always so much luck in, involved in acting as well and I think you know I like the likes of the Winx saga and Behind Your Eyes um, and The Last Kingdom. It, you're right. Like having a few shows on Netflix is a really, you know, lucky thing. Uh, I'm very, very grateful for it. But I think the timing of that was sort of quite, you know, fortunate as well. The, the Last Kingdom I got involved with years ago and I've always sort of popped back in yearly just to do a, a couple of weeks, bring the kids with me if I, if I could and, you know, and that's been a nice kind of steady one. Um, but I would do very little on it now, again, because I've got a family. I, I, I literally can't commit myself to a big series like that. Um, so when jobs like Winx or, or Behind Her Eyes came in, they weren't asking for a big commitment. You know, they're the jobs that are actually really nice to pay the bills. And, you know, you're maybe away for a week from your family. And so they were, I was fortunate to, to, to get to get offered them. Um uh, I, I auditioned like every other actor for those jobs. You know, there's not, you know, so there's, I'm, I'm still auditioning for for, for for stuff. Sometimes, you know, I get lucky and I just get offered something. That's nice when that happens. Um, but they, they just slotted in nicely because I wasn't doing anything else and I could not, I didn't have to go um, and leave my family for, for a chunk of time. So it was just sometimes things just work out sort of, you know, in a quite sort of fortuitous way. Um, and... And a long way that continue because it is, you know, I, I, I think now that I'm sort of deciding to try and do a bit of a bit of everything, it's it's sort of how to manage that then as well. And I suppose also because I'm, in, you know, in my 40s, I've been doing it 25 years. It's sort of I feel like I have the authority maybe a bit more to go. Well, actually, this is what I want to do, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm and I'm not scared to take chances. I'm not scared to stop acting for a year. I'm, you know, to put my focus on on directing or vice versa. Um, I just sort of feel like I, I have a confidence and and a bit more of an authority about it now than I I I wouldn't have felt ten years ago. You know, mm-hmm. and that just I just comes with age and experience, I suppose. You know. Yeah, and it's a wonderful place to be able to reach. It, it is. It is. Yeah, it's really nice. Mm. And of the roles uh, in your 25 year history as an actress, which one would you pick out as your favourite or, you know, the one you're most proud of maybe? Or I think that there's, there's a couple of different roles for... <clears throat> for different reasons. So I find it hard just to pick one, but the Ken Loach is one that I kind of nearly always say first, but just because it's such an experience working with him and he's one of the nicest people you, you could ever meet. Um, and it was such a fun experience and it was probably, you know, it was my biggest profile thing to do at the time. And, um, and there was a great excitement that came with that and, and his way of working was, you know, um, is very unique. So I, I sort of learned a huge amount from, for, from him as well. What is his process? Um, so that's certainly um, um, not getting a script um, or only getting maybe, you might get a couple of scenes, um, but the rest of the time you sort of, you don't know, if you, if you don't have any storylines with other, um, with some of the cast, then you never get to meet them. Um, you only sort of get to um, meet your the, the the actors that you have a storyline with. So you, know, you never know what the what's happening on the days that you're not on. Um some scenes you get no script at all and you sort of improvise mm. um uh, so there's a lot there's a lot of trust in, involved um 
but he makes it a very safe space to be for an actor because you feel so sort of supported and, and respected that it, you, it, it, although it feels very, you might feel quite vulnerable, um, you feel like you're in the right place to be to, to, to be able to be that way. You know, he sort of makes you feel um, very secure. Uh, so it's a very, it's, 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 um, it's a very unique way of working. I've never worked like that before or since. Mm. Mm. Um, I think also there's just some directors that really stand out. John Crowley, I only had you know on on Brooklyn for a few days. His knowledge of your character is quite something, you know, um, and that that was really great to sort of be part of, just to sort of just see how he worked with actors. And I've obviously been on set with actors for a long time. Like I was just really taken by his, how much he likes actors and how involved he is uh, and with your character's story, you know. Um, so that was really, really lovely. Um, and then I have a job that I, that I did a, a couple of years ago that never got picked up. And it was my, my, my one sort of regret, one job you kind of go, oh, it's such a shame I didn't get picked up. And we did a pilot for it. It was called The Circuit. And the pilot came out. Um, and then for various reasons, they, they, they didn't pick up the show, much to, to everyone's dismay. Um, and that was just sort of, it was, it was a comedy drama. And it was, it was just when I was starting to do more comedy, I sort of, sort of spent like, 20 odd years doing a lot of pretty heavy stuff and uh, I sort of had enough of it and, and uh, some more sort of the lighter roles are coming in um, lighter roles lighter scripts um, and uh, and that was really fun because that was sort of the start of that just getting into so just a really fun it's a Sharon Horgan Dennis Kelly um, script uh, and it was it was just a, it was a blast to do so they're kind of the ones that kind of stand out there's more but there's lots for lots of different reasons you know yeah the ones that were missed. How many amazing pieces have never seen the light of day that we all wish we could watch? So many. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Yeah. Or else, you know, I mean, I did so many low budget Irish feature films over like starting out and over the years, not just starting out, over the years and good films, you know, but just didn't have the the money behind them to, to have much of a life. And they'd sort of come out for like two weeks in, in a, you know, a smattering of cinemas around the country. And then that was it. And it's just like, Christ, all that, you know, ball breaking, back breaking yeah. work. And, and, and it's gone. It's just gone. Mm. And, they, and they were and they weren't bad films either. There just wasn't this the support for them you know which is which is heartbreaking it's people put blood sweat and tears into those you know yeah they deserve more yeah and in the future do you have anything I know that you're not really focusing or acting is not you know your first love anymore or it's not your scent it's not the center of your work but would you have anything that you would always love to do have you something in mind that you would you know, a dream role or even um, a dream director or actor to work with? Um, oh, that's one of those questions now where sort of tonight at like 11 o'clock in bed, I'll go, oh, Jesus, that was the, that was the person, <laughs> that was the role. I don't have a role. I've never, I've not like, oh, I've, I've always wanted to play, you know, um, Lady Macbeth. I, I, I don't, uh, Lady Macbeth, yeah, or Hamlet. Um, I don't have that actually. Um, but there's certainly writers and directors that I'd love to work with um and I do have a lovely acting gig coming up I'm actually don't know if, if I'm allowed to speak about it so I won't but I'm but it, but it is one of those projects we go oh yeah that's a lovely bunch of people to work with uh, actors and writer wise and, and 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 producers and all the rest so that um that's, that's something to look forward to but I think um I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan um of Lenny Abrahamson and all all the work that he does um and I'd love to, I'd love to be directed by him, but I'd also just love to, you know, 
just sit in the corner and watch what he does. <laughs> I didn't even have to be in it, but I'm just I'm fascinated by by uh, by um, by how he directs it. I just think he he's an extraordinary director. So that's um, uh, and, and 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 also Marco Halloran, who I sort of know but haven't seen for a very long time. And just they obviously work so well together. I, I think that's lovely when you when you see a, a team of people you know, like, um, that that clearly they clearly have a have a special something that works really well and, and they keep revisiting and, and recreating the magic that they make. You know, I think that that's really lovely to, to witness as well. That's not really answering your question, but, but I, but I, that's something that I do admire and look at those kind of um, when people team up like that. Um, I think when you find people like that, that are um, similarly, you know, sort of uh, have the same sort of creative ideas and, and, um, and they spark like that. And there's something very special that happens. And I, and I actually feel like in, in my, you know, short, very short, um, directing experience, um, like meeting Bershi and the, the team of people, Hazel and Sal, and we, we had such a great team and, and you, you, I, I, it made me realize, gosh, when you find those people that, that you spark with and, and and work so well together with you really do want to hold on to them and mm. if and, and actually and Ken Loach does that he has you know the same crew that work with him time and time and time again because it just works so well it's like they have their own language and there's a fluidity to it and an energy to it and, it, and it's and it's very special and, I, and I've been on sets where there's the opposite of that and, and it's it jars and it, and it chugs along at a slow pace and it's because people haven't really found their their their, their language together, you know, and, and, um, and it really can be a great hindrance and, and, and things can go terribly wrong. So it, it's, um, I, th- I think I, I look forward to forging those kind of relationships with people where you go, oh, this is, this is a lovely creative team where, you know, you just look forward to the next gig and the next gig. Yeah. So then what's, you know, moving on from that in terms of ambitions, what are your, you've touched on it already, but behind the camera ambitions, what are they as a director and writer? And yeah, what's, what do you envision for yourself? Do you have a, you know, five year plan or are you just kind of going with it? Well, I think because of what's happened in the last year, it's made us all realise there's no point in having a five year plan because everything changes so, um, quickly and, and and life is certainly full of surprises and also and in, in this business things takes they take a long time to get off the ground so the the feature you know which that, that Kathleen will hopefully um will make at the end of the year or the beginning begin of next year really um and I mean I suppose I in my head I had to have to weigh out you know how do I do that and do the acting gig and be a mother and be present for my family and even if I'm home, be present for my family, you know, no matter mm-hmm. what's going on. And so I, I, I guess really, in, in the, I guess the next sort of two years, what it holds for me is the, this, um, my feature film, getting that, getting that made, at, uh, d- doing the acting job. And then when, um, I suppose that the light, you know, if, if all goes well with, with the feature, then the life that happens after that with getting it out there and getting it seen and, um, so sort of take up the rest of the year probably. Um, the, I'm writing, I will be writing, um, I've got two more projects. I say they're in development, they're sort of in development in my head. <laughs> um, so they're kind of, they're, and they're quite big subject matters. Um, 
and there, there's one sort of a genre, a slight sci-fi kind of vibe to it. So I feel like there's quite a, a lot of research that needs to be done for that as well. So I'll be doing that as well. The research is quite nice because you can sort of do that when you're on other things. You know, you can um, dip in and out of that, which is quite enjoyable. Um, and it's sort of deciding what project to focus on next from a writing point of view, really. Um, that I, I haven't quite decided. Um a, a potential move back to Dublin or a definite move back to Dublin but um not quite sure when. Mm, I never asked you are you in London at the moment or whereabouts in are London, you? London yeah yeah I've been here 20 years. Yeah it's a very London looking kitchen must say. It's, <laughs> <laughs> <Is> it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you mean you've seen this before? <laughs> I thought I was being very original. <laughs> I mean, all you can see is cupboards in the fridge. I know. I don't know. There's something about it just transports me back to London. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, uh, yeah, so I think we move back to Dublin at the end of next year, maybe. Um, so there's everything that goes with that as well. So I feel like I sort of there's a lot. There's a lot. Um, and it's just figuring out where and when to to put my, my energy and my attention. It's good. Like, there's a lot to after a year of not really being able to plan a huge amount and do much I could write obviously but even then you know for half of that the kids were here and I was homeschooling so I didn't get much of that done either um so it's nice to just to feel like I can look you know ahead and, and start planning again and feel like things are actually starting to to happen and and you know and it's been lovely having the short go on sort of whilst the pandemic hit I was lucky enough to have finished the short mm. um so to have a bit of buzz going on whilst there's not much else going on was really lovely as well. Great. Well, it's absolutely lovely speaking to you and I love hearing about your projects to come and I'm looking forward to being able to watch them in the due course when they all come out. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm very excited as well. It was lovely chatting to you. I'm very, I'm really happy that you felt like the short um, felt like a bigger story that you wanted to see um but you're not the first person to say it to me and that that makes me feel excited because it it's it, it, it feels it makes it seem that people are have connected with with Kathleen mm. already so I think yeah absolutely she's a very um startling actress really Hazel is is tremendous she's um she's got um the ability for somebody so young um she's 17 when we shot it um uh she's just very emotionally bright and intelligent so she has a she's one of those actors that has the ability to she hardly speaks in the the short but you are completely brought into her world um by what she how she uses her face and the the, and the the depth of emotion that's going on inside her you're you're brought in there instantly which i just think it's that's such a gift um, as uh, when actors can do that, I think it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to watch, and she does it so in- incredibly well. She's a, she's very, very bright actress. Um, I think she's going to be well. She's doing she's been doing great work for ages, but she, mm. I'm sure she's going to be huge. Yeah, mm, lovely stuff. Um, well, it's been lovely speaking to you, and I'm looking forward to watching this space and seeing what comes next from Eva Berthesel. Thanks for listening to another FNI Rap Chat. If you want to hear more from us visit wearefni.com or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and the usual spots. To hear more from Eva, you can follow her on Twitter at eberthistle and uh, she'll be giving you the updates on when you can see Kathleen was here and all her future projects from there. And if you're at a bit of a loss as to what to watch next during lockdown, there's Behind Her Eyes, 
The Last Kingdom and Fate, the Winx Saga, filmed in our local Colruddery on Netflix. Enjoy, and see you next time. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.